beautiful soul. Welcome to the Quantum Business Queen podcast. This podcast is a vortex for activating wealth, riches, and boss bitches. It is here that I teach multi-dimensional business. Our content will fall under three different categories, 5D quantum creation, 4D frequency alchemy, and the most potent 3D strategy. Every aspect of business that contributes to the creation of success is covered here. Plus, I will be personally interviewing the most amazing boss bitches that are at the forefront of the game, paving the way for money, magic, and magnetism in business. Let's get ready to activate all of that within you. Welcome, Lindy, to the Quantum Business Queen podcast. Thank you so much for being on here. For those of you who don't know, Lindy is my oldest and bestest friend. We met in third grade or... I am not your oldest friend. That's rude. (laughs) (laughs) She's also hilarious. So be prepared (laughs) to laugh and cry throughout this episode. (laughs) Technically, I am older than you, actually. (laughs) But Lindy has been one of my biggest inspirations throughout my whole life. She has not had the easiest of journeys, and she has really decided her way through a lot of fucking hard shit. And when I say hard shit, some of it is incomprehensible to people. So she has always been the person to take her pain and to turn it into something. Most of it was humor growing up. Like she's the funniest person I've ever met, but now she's channeling it into her own business endeavors. And she's so freaking inspirational. She's helped build million and even billion dollar brands And she channels everything she's been through and all of her knowledge and all of her wisdom into creation. And so I'm like beyond excited to have the conversation with Lindy today because I think it will help you to see that no matter what you go through, it's up to you to decide what your destiny is. So Lindy is going to talk authentically and rawly about some of the things that she has been through and what has formed her, what has shaped her and what has brought her to these moments of transformation and what has enabled her to create success because she, we were talking earlier and she said it herself, like her path and her journey could have been vastly different, but she chose otherwise. So Lindy, Thank you so much for being here. This is so cool to have you on here. You're the person I've been the friend with the longest. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. appreciate that. <laughs> yes, I still remember us at eight years old, and you called me Wendy for at least the first year of knowing me, but you were still my best friend. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, it's so funny because we've been friends for so long. And I often wonder, like, this is me getting raw and being open as well. Like, I often wonder, like, even in those years, you came across as such a happy-go-lucky, fun, outgoing, funny little girl. But even for me, knowing you back then, was I unaware of what was actually going on for you? That's a really deep question. Yeah, definitely not. I think early on, I certainly learned how to compartmentalize. And I had, I've always had many versions of myself. And 
again, yeah, I mean, you said it, right? Like a lot of it came out through humor, which naturally drew people to me and, and made me have friends because I was funny. But you're right. Little did people know probably that was just my, that was my self-preservation of just make things funny, make light of everything and everything will be okay. Wow. And as a little girl, do you remember, I'm assuming because I know, like, I haven't been through some of the things that you've experienced and some of the traumas that you have been through, but do you remember like consciously having that idea in your mind that this will never be my life? Or did you feel totally powerless? Like as a little girl, what were you going through? How were you thinking you were going to navigate your way out of this feeling like, you know, you're only this age, but knowing that you're never going to choose that for yourself? Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know exactly where it started, but I had self-talk from very, very early age. Like I grew up very very fast. I can still remember being a very young kid at four years old, dropped off on the front porch, and I can remember myself laying on the floor, no bed, no parents, and just talking myself through, like, okay, this this is going to be okay. You're not going to sleep here every night. This is a one-time thing. You're safe. You're all right. Like self-talk from four years old. Like I had this voice that was always telling me it's going to be okay. And throughout my life, I have made a very conscious decision always to not let whatever is currently happening to me set my path. And I could have gone a very, very different route. And I think I also have such a, uh, I have probably am an unhealthy amount of pride sometimes where I, I don't even allow myself to be vulnerable. Like I am too proud to take the path of anything other than success. Yeah. Where do you think, do you feel like it's pride or do you feel, yeah, where do you feel like it's you wanting to drive so far away from where you were that like, like there, there's nothing that's going to stop you from ever having, what, what do you think it is? Yeah, I think it's kind of, it's interesting because it's good. From the perspective of it has created this person that is dependable, loyal, reliable, grit. Like it, if you ask really anyone what they think about me in personal or professional life, the word grit often comes up like, man, yeah, she's got grit. She'll get through it and she will get it done really no matter how hard it is. And that's because I've been able, back to my comment about compartmentalizing and saying, okay, this is the situation, but you're in survival mode and you have to get through and you have to succeed. It served me very well in my professional life. But recently what I've come to realize is that the outside pressures of, you know, you need to take care, you need to be the responsible one, take care of everyone around you, be the first to graduate college, make sure your siblings graduate college, do all these things have put me, had 
for a very long time put me in this box and just it was like this this box where I was not allowed to leave because I had to be the reliable one that was on a path to a very traditional path to success. And only recently have I realized, like, I'm going to give my per- myself permission to not have that pressure of being in that box of perfection. And I'm going to just bust out and continue to be Like we said, the heroine of my own story, and I am going to create my own story, not let people create my story for me. And I'm going to take that trauma and I'm going to take those experiences and I'm I'm going to work through them and I'm going to take the parts of them that work to my advantage and I'm going to throw away the parts of them that I don't need to be carrying with me anymore and I'm going to get out of the box. I can love that, Lindy. I love that. So your first memory of compartmentalizing was when you were four years old. And to be honest, I didn't even know that story. I did not know. Was it your mom that left you on a porch? Yeah, I mean, you know, I could certainly I I have I have a lot of stories. I plan on getting pretty raw at the blow up your brand day and really getting into the details. Yeah, every nonprofit you can think of that was created for for people that need help, right? Like think about victims of domestic violence, victims of sexual assault, food pantries, homeless shelter, everything that was ever created in a nonprofit world to help people. I could have benefited from every single service from every nonprofit because I have experienced every single, I, I you, there's probably nothing you can imagine that I have not experienced in my lifetime. But that very, it started with that very specific memory of my mom dropping me off on my dad's porch when I was four years old in yellow feety pajamas. And I knocked on the door. My stepmom answered and I was just standing there looking at her and there was no one around, just me standing there on the porch. And she was super irritated and said, your daddy's not home and you can lay here. And I laid on that living room floor. I'll never forget. It was like, you know, I can see it. I can smell it. The brown Berber carpet that was like brown and orange back in the 80s. And she went into the room and shut the door and I cried for a bit. And then I just stopped and was like, it's fine. I just have to get through this one night. I will be fine. So I like I can distinctly remember laying there in the fetal position on that floor in yellow feet pajamas, not necessarily knowing what was happening, but knowing that I was going to figure out a way to make it fine. Wow. That's where your grit comes from. That's where your grit comes from. And, you know, like this is what people need to realize is that the path is not always smooth. Like when people, when it gets rocky and tough, people fucking lean out and then they choose the easier, less bumpy road. Instead, it takes grit and it takes what you were doing back then at four years old. You were deciding your way through it. You were deciding that you were going to be okay. You were deciding that this was going to be an okay outcome. Like you were telling yourself that. And so I think you were to build like a fucking super muscle power to be able to decide your way out of all of these freaking crazy situations in your, in your life. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, that certainly would not be the first porch I was left on through 
out my childhood. And I, you know, I just, as I got older, I got better and better at compartmentalizing things. And, you know, it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily healthy to have to do those things, of course, but it is certainly something that's helped me build that muscle. And I have used it my entire life. I am the one when there is something going down and everyone's freaking out, I can easily say, okay, here's this thing that's really bad. I'm going to put it right here. And I am going to be the one that helps everyone freaking out. Like, these are the 10 things we need to do, and we need to do them right now. I can attest to that. And then when the 10 things are done and no one's around, then maybe that's when I decide at midnight I'm going to go walk around Walgreens and cry for a little bit because the things are done now. But You were very specific (laughs) when you said walk around Walgreens. Like, that actually happens. It is definitely, it is definitely happened. So have you ever had a situation where you were like, I don't actually know if I'm going to get out of this. I don't know if I'm going to be okay. Oh yeah, definitely. What were, what was happening for you in those scenarios? Honestly, the hardest thing I've ever been through was the, my father passing away. Yeah. Yeah. I I did not think I was going to make it through that. I, I really thought, okay, this is going to be the thing that breaks me. Really? I did. It didn't, but that, and you know what? Let's just take a moment here. (laughs) Fucking breastfeeding. (laughs) You have grit because you went on for ages. Are you still breastfeeding? (laughs) No, two and a half. I went on until he was two and a half years old. And I wish we would just talk about it as a society more, how much it fucking sucks. That, that I truly, those two things think, I think I am someone, listen, I am someone who was dealing with sexual assault at five years old. And I can tell you right now, breastfeeding was harder to get through. Then the emotions I had to process through all of those times, like I emotionally almost lost my fucking mind breastfeeding. Why do you think it was, it was the feeling of being trapped or the physical aspect of it or? No, it was because my whole life I had told myself, you have power. Even in this situation where you're powerless, you actually have power. And maybe it's not in this moment but you have the power to figure out how to get out of the situation. I felt powerless in because I couldn't, there was nothing I could do to make myself better at it. There was no amount of books I could really read. There was no, there was no exercises I could do. And I had, I just had zero control over this other human life that I cared so much about. And I also think a lot of things came up in me about not really being cared for as a child that made me go, I am going to over deliver in motherhood right now because I am in a course correct in the most extreme way to make sure I take care of this human. And so mentally it was, it was fucking breaking me. Full self-sacrifice, full self-sacrifice. 
Do you know what's really interesting yeah. that you're saying this, Lindy? Because I am just I'm noticing and recognizing so many things about you. And it's like, no fucking wonder. So like you were saying you were powerless. And like I've known Lindy my whole life. You love to be in control, whether it's you're the one driving the car or you're the yeah. one making the plans or you're the one nutting everything out. Like Lindy needs to be in control. And for somebody who has been in situations where she was extremely powerless, well, she needs to know how to drive the ship because she needs to know the outcome is going to be a good one. So in our like throughout high school, no matter what, if it was me and Lindy, Lindy was driving. Lindy was in control. Lindy knew what the itinerary, Lindy, Lindy you know, and it was awesome. So I'm like, suits me because I'm like, yeah, whatever, <laughs> which is why we're such good friends. But also, you know, when you were so you're in this place of such self-sacrifice where, you know, obviously it was bringing up a lot of trauma. And you were having to give this yourself so much to another human where it was like, well, now you're not controlling this. It's this other human. Yes, it was. It was definitely the first time I felt that another human actually truly had absolute control. Whoa, that is so interesting. That is so interesting. Wow. And obviously, as a little girl, being four years old, we're big humans are the ones who have control. But you had your mind to still talk your way out of it to where when it's your child, you're in such a self-sacrificing place where it was like you just surrendered fully to that little mm-hmm. human, knowing that you were in this place of massively needing to overcorrect correct for what you didn't get. Yeah. Wow. And how do you see that self-sacrifice playing itself out still? Or are you choosing oh, to do that now? I am. <laughs> Interestingly enough, I was at a conference. I was at a women's conference this weekend, and they had asked us, you know, one thing that you are still learning. And one thing I am still learning is how to not put everybody else first, not how to not say yes to everything. And especially now that I'm building two businesses, recognizing there's an opportunity cost to every single thing and every single person I say yes to. And I need to be far more choiceful about what I am saying yes to. So, yes, I'm still building that muscle, but I'm working on that. I love that. I love that. And so it's, again, that kind of self-sacrificial thing playing itself out, but why do you, where do you feel that comes from when you feel like you have to self-sacrifice when you say yes out of alignment? Where, where does that come from? Because I think when you identify that, it'll help highlight that mm-hmm. for people who are also in that mode. Well, I think, well, I know right away I say yes to everything because I do not like to disappoint anyone. I never like to be the point of disappointment. And I am, you know, I am by means not I am not perfect and I am still trying to figure it out. And I know so many things that I do now do lead back to childhood. And it, you know, recently I was talking to someone and they were saying, do you think that you don't want to be a disappointment because you don't feel that you are deserving of love as you are? And Sarah, you and I have talked about this. Like, I don't feel that I am worth love just as a human existing in the world i feel that i have to be over delivering for someone all the time to be worthy of love which can be stemmed back to you know 
I was in this place where I seemed to be an inconvenience, an unwanted inconvenience. So what could I do to be to be more helpful, to make people love me more, to want to love me like Johnny and Susie's mommy and daddy love them, right? So I think it definitely comes from that place of just thinking me waking up in the morning and existing is worthy of love. And I'm still, still working on that. And it's really impacted relationships, especially with a marriage, right? Like it puts a lot of pressure. I put pressure on myself that doesn't even necessarily exist. Yeah. Like I think I wake up in the morning and I better do X, Y, and Z for my husband. So he loves me. I better get the laundry done. So, you know, and then I'm, he loves me. Then I'm a good wife. But really at the end of the day, he could care less if I've done laundry because he would just go buy some new underwear. If his underwear is dirty, like he doesn't care. He legitimately does not care. So yeah, that's, that's, that's where it's, I think, definitely stemming from. Oh my gosh. That's so powerful. I think so many people get stuck in that worthiness trap and it's like, for me, even including myself, and I've I've now told myself and decided that my alignment is everyone else's alignment as well. So if it's in my alignment to tell somebody no, that ultimately is that other person's alignment. And for me now, it's like there's nothing more powerful than a divine no. Like it's it's almost sacred in a way where it's like, no, I'm done with self-sacrificing everything just to make other people happy, just to satisfy this illusion of worthiness where, you know, you know, it's so cliche where it's all like, you know, it's all actually, we got to figure it, figure it out, like how to fix it within ourselves and stop giving our lives to things and people who don't even, a lot of times don't even fucking appreciate it or even recognize or acknowledge. Yeah, exactly. No, don't even fucking appreciate it. Yeah. Don't even think twice. Yep. Okay, good. You tick that box. Thanks. Meanwhile, you sacrifice your whole being to, to get it done. Yes. Now you're on a different journey. We interrupt this awesome podcast episode to tell you about my life-changing Quantum Business Academy. If you are ready to take your business to the next levels of abundance and freedom, then you're definitely going to want to hear more. Please don't take my word for it, though. Here is one of our alumni sharing their experience. Wow. Where do I even begin with QBA and serotonin and my time in the container? Let's start with knowing that I have the permission to create my wildest, deepest, biggest vision. I had my highest cash day. I completely changed the direction of my business. I landed in my purpose and my passion. I felt like being a part of it all has given me the permission to truly be me and make the deepest impact possible. Yeah, wow. Serotonin and QBA changed my life. It was so deeply healing to be in a space with like-minded people who are service-based, here to literally serve other souls and to be held in such a space where you can come as you are and you are seen in your unique gifts, your talents, your desires and to have your vision come to life around other beautiful people is something that I'll be forever grateful for. And being led by Sarah in all of her vulnerability, her humor, her loving, unconditional, nurturing ways. Wow. Honestly, wow. 
If you want to know more, then please head over to my show notes, book a call with me, or you can message me in DMs. Now let's get back to the podcast. So, okay. So before we talk about where your big decisions that have led you up until this point, so you fucking decided your way through a lot in life. So we can jump around in, you know, through a lot of things that you've been through. I went, uh, you know, I was in high school with Lindy. You went through a lot of trauma at the end of, you know, our high school journey as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to touch on that at all. Sure. Sure. So my, you know, my mother is, my mother is brilliant, but she has mental health issues where essentially she has so many ideas. Her brain never stops. And she had a lot of trauma as a child. I mean, we grew up in a, you know, she had me, we were with my grandma and grandpa. We were living in a crack house that actually was torn down as a condemned crack house. So she had a ton of trauma as a child as well. So she was she she had this brilliant brain, tons of ideas, paired with just this insatiable need to be the best, to be known, to be X, Y, Z, whatever. And she would use substances to numb her pain and to help stop her brain from thinking about all these brilliant things. Like she always had a business that she wanted to start. And they were actually really good business ideas. But it was hard for her to see them through because her brain kept working and because of her mental health issues. So by the time we were seniors, my sister's father had lung cancer and he was passing away from undiagnosed lung cancer. It essentially threw my mom. They weren't together anymore, but threw her for a loop. She married a guy 10 years younger, added his name to the house, the business, everything, ended up losing everything, getting back into, you know, back into substances, lost the business, lost the house, lost everything to the younger guy. My sister's father died. She went into the hospital for like two weeks with meningitis. And I was kind of just left to navigate, really navigate my senior year by myself and my dad at that time he had his own interesting journey and we although we he ended his life with us as best friends he wasn't necessarily watching out for his daughter at that time either because he had his own things going on so senior year was very very interesting I wanted to have a great time so that was back to me compartmentalizing and we had a freaking blast But at the same time, you know, I was going home not knowing, you know, I was going home to an empty house or not knowing where my little sister was, not necessarily knowing where my mother is, had no guidance from anyone. So I was there guiding myself again, as always. But, you know, little most people didn't realize that. Most people didn't realize what exactly was going on because I was still just out ready there for the party. Making everybody laugh. So, yeah. What what people don't realize is what Lindy ended up having to do was taking her little sister and from that point onwards, raising her little sister. Imagine going 17-year-old, graduating from high school, then having to step into a role of raising a child. So that was Lindy's yeah. journey. She then decided, regardless, I'm going to, through her grit and through deciding her way through, I'm going to fucking get a job. I'm going to go to college and I'm going to figure my life out. And you you did. Yeah, that's it, right? Like I, I had a lot of guilt 
in leaving my mom in that situation, my sister in that situation. But I had planned on going to college. I left and it was all of six months before everything just completely fell apart because I was truly, I was holding up a house of cards as a 17 year old. It was my job. It was my job to hold up the house of cards and it all fell down when I left. And I remember calling my sister and she was eight at that time. And she was talking to me, actually the school, her school had called me and said, Hey, we haven't seen your sister in weeks and weeks and we can't get a hold of your mom we have no idea where your sister is so obviously I freak out at that point I get a hold of them I talk to my sister and she tells me you know as an eight-year-old will oh we've been camping we've just been having fun I said well what do you mean you've been camping and come to find out they my mom was calling it camping my mom was off having a mental breakdown substance abuse hadn't paid any bills and they were in the house in the dark with candles and she had called it camping And so at that point, I made the decision to actually take my mom to court and fight her for custody of her, of my sister. And so then it it was, I was 18 and she was eight turning nine. And I found myself, I found myself again in an apartment with an eight year old with no furniture in it. So me, and it was like having this flashbacks sitting there on the floor, feeling the carpet like okay reset here we are again and now I have this little person who essentially has been dropped off on a front porch in yellow feety pajamas and I'm going to give her a different experience than I had I just have chills right now and you did like my god so I mean, there's so much in between we could fill in. We could be here for hours talking about Lindy's journey. But if we skip ahead, it took you a minute, but you fucking graduated. You got your degree. You worked your way up through companies. You ended up being – talk about what you did for some of the corporations. Sure, sure. So, yeah, absolutely. I was definitely one of the ones who went back to college way late in life, got my degree in business administration, focused on strategy entrepreneurship, graduated with the highest of honors and was the first to graduate and then made sure my brother and sister also graduated from college as well. Actually, my brother and I walked the college stage together hand in hand. So that was, that was a great feeling. And I have naturally just been good at a lot of things. I'm an, I'm innately good at things and I have been able to navigate companies quite well because of my grit and my want to succeed. I've been, oh goodness, I have built, helped build brands, million dollar brands for a billion dollar company. Let's see here. Gosh, I, there's several companies I've worked for now where I've done some pretty big things, but I think what I'll focus more is on the companies where I've really done brand building and knowing more, more than your average bear have felt many spectrums of emotion. We'll just say that people have this mis I don't know, like this misconception that a brand is a product. Like I sell this CPG good. I sell this bottle of wine. I sell this soap. 
people, I, so I need to talk about this. So I need to talk about this bottle of wine. Like I had this bottle of wine and it has got the best glass and the label is so nice and what's inside is great. But that is not what people are buying because guess what? There's 48,000 bottles of wine that all have glass and labels and contents inside. People are buying the brand that makes them feel something. So I can tell you this is the best thing ever, or I can tell you a story about how this thing makes me feel, how it takes me back like Irish spring soap. I can smell a bar of Irish spring soap and it takes me back to my grandma's house and the green bathtub and getting into her bathtub and it like the water going up so high. I felt so small and I felt like a mermaid. And whenever I smell the Irish spring soap, it takes me back. Right. And that's soap. It's just Irish spring soap. So that is the thing, like making people feel something as a brand right now in my training and coaching business, people will send me their logo and they'll say, Hey, I've been thinking about my brand. Here's my brand. And they'll send me a logo. And I'm like, this isn't a brand. This is a logo. And they are not one in the same. And then they will spin on a business name and I'll, they'll send me some random business name. And I feel like I haven't done the same thing. And I will say, what does this business mean to you? What does this tagline mean to you? Because if it doesn't mean anything to you, you are not going to be able to emote the way you need to emote and make people fall in love with your brand, fall in love with you. And what were we saying earlier, Sarah? Like you are not going to be able to build a brand that people fucking love. Yes. Yes. Unless you make them fall in love with it. And so yeah. I learned that through building multi-million dollar brands at every touch point, make somebody feel something. Nothing is a transaction. And as soon as you make your business a transaction, you are a commodity. You're lost in the sea with every other business that's out there. You might as well be toilet paper or Q-tips. Hell okay. yeah. I was telling someone, actually giving them the example of the Q-tip brand losing brand identity. When I say Q-tip, you think of a cotton swab. Like, but yes. guess what? Q-tip is an actual brand. That's right. People don't realize that Q-tip is an actual brand because it's just, it's not, it's, there's no emotion. It's a dead, it's, yep. Sorry, Q-tip, but it's a dead brand now, right? Like it is. People just yep. grab any cotton swab. Do not be the cotton swab. Be the, the, the thing that people grab because they feel good about it and you've told them a story and you had to run to the store and buy it because you are now in love with a cotton swab. You can make people fall in love with a cotton swab if you do your brand right. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And it's all about how you make them feel. And this is why like, it's so inspirational to hear your story behind. This is why people are going to work with Lindy Love because you 
it's like, yeah, you have a skill set, a tangible skill set, the thing you could teach people. But here's the thing what people need to understand when it comes to building a business for a brand. People actually don't buy the knowledge or information because knowledge is freely sourced. You know, if you want somebody backing you in terms of being able to build a business, you want to know it's someone like Lindy fucking love who has the grit, who has the tenacity, who has the wherewithal, who has whatever it whatever it takes to get the outcome because she has proven herself time and time and time and time again through her heroine's journey. That's what people are going to pay for. They're not going to pay yeah. for how do I, what do you reckon about this messaging or how do I, what do you reckon? Yes, that's all good. But all of that information you could Google, all of that information you could logo, you could, you could whatever, YouTube, all of it. People pay for the human in our in our industry when it comes to business coaching, when it comes to permanent jewelry and all of that sort of thing. It's like you want to work with the human that, you know, is going to have whatever it takes in terms of the soft skill, the emotional intelligence, the grit, the wherewithal, the being able to decide your way through things, being thrown in the chaos, but being able to compartmentalize and having the mental acuity be like, no, this is what we're doing, A, B, C, and D, and this is going to be the solution. That's not stuff that just everyone has, but that's the stuff that people pay for. And if you don't know how to convey that properly, when you are talking about your brand, then why would someone choose you? That's what a brand is. It's what people talk about when you're not even in the room, what they say about you. And for you, Lindy, you said this in the beginning, everyone would say about you is you have grit. You will get it done. You are the reliable one. And that's why people hire you as the coach. That's what you convey through your brand. Yes, absolutely. People will ask me, you know, I've had people reach out and say things like, Okay, so I've been looking at an XYZ program. Tell me why your program is different. And I'm like, we're not, it's not even, we're not even the same thing. Yeah. It's apples, it's apples and oranges. What you're going to get is completely different. You want to pay XYZ for some templates? Go do it. Go buy your, go buy yourself some templates. And then that's where your business is interaction ends you've bought a product you've bought templates but if you want someone who is going to help you build your business actually get yourself to six figures and more and not only just say you know here's a script I'm going to tell you the strategy, the, the emotion behind the strategy, how to hook them. Very People ask me, like, I don't know how to reach out to boutique. I need a script. If you are using scripts in your business, you've lost the plot. You Hell are yeah. not. Agree. You are, you are not going Agreed. to. You are not going to hit six figures using a hello. My name is Lindy Love and I sell permanent jewelry and I would love to come into your boutique and sell my permanent jewelry and I will give you 10% of my sales. I don't care about you at that point because you're just one of 10 people that have reached out to me to come pop up in my boutique. No, you've created no emotional connection with me. I tell people, throw the script away. Start here. Like study the person. Yes. What do they care about? Yes. They don't. You know, if you say, okay, well, they have really beautiful merchandising and the owner is a woman and she has two kids and we both have two-year-olds, DM her with, 
I am so inspired by you and how you're managing work-life balance and your merchandising and your store is beautiful. And I, as another woman-owned business, I just want to let you know that I'm proud of you. That's it. Oh, don't open them, them up straight away. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I'm telling you, everyone writes me back. And guess what? If I can't find something to genuinely connect with someone about, I don't want to work with them anyway. So why am I even trying to, why am I even trying to reach out to them to do a collaboration if I haven't found anything that aligns with who I am and who my business is? Nailed it. Freaking love it. I love it so much. Okay, Lindy. So we have gone over what I normally do with podcasters, but this interview has been freaking amazing. Where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you? If they want to know more about what you're doing? Yeah. Like how can they get in touch? So Lindy tell, and, and, and also tell us what you're doing right now. Tell us about your new venture and about the hottest trend that's hit America, which will soon hit. Sure. Australia. We know Australia is a little bit behind, but that's okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Believe it or not, I have several people uh, in Australia messaging Jimmy like, Hey, let's get this into Australia and make sure that Australia falls in love with this trend. And I will call it, I like to call it the anti-trend actually. Because permanent jewelry is meant to be timeless. It's your timeless gold, silver, paperclip chains that have been around since the Egyptians. It's timeless jewelry that without a clasp. Permanent jewelry is meant to be worn when you are swimming, working out, sw- sleeping, whatever. Have, okay, we're, you know, we're not, this is a podcast, so this has no video. But if you were seeing me right now, I'm holding both of my arms up and I am wearing permanent jewelry everywhere. That is, I absolutely fell in love with the ease of jewelry. And I know as a busy business owner, as a busy mom, as a busy person, thinking about jewelry in the morning is the last thing I want to do. So it's always on. I can be super cute in my sweats or it can be in a ball gown and it works. So that is permanent jewelry, classless jewelry, which we are going to be doing at the blow of your brand day. I'm super excited to bring the the hottest anti-trend trend to Australia during this day. Just to clarify, everyone who joins the VIP day is going to get the permanent jewelry experience. You get to walk away with a permanent jewelry bracelet. Just to clarify, it's going to be freaking amazing. And they're not cheap, cheap, shitty. No. They're no high quality. Yes. That's yeah. the that's the lovely part about permanent jewelry. You're not walking into a store buying something and looks look, you look down and your hand is green after two days of sweating. Like that's not what we're doing here, folks. Okay, uh, I'm not. Wendy's <laughs> a perfectionist. The, quality, I, uh, quality, know, quality. This, <laughs> blow up your brand is about being a VIP, not like a kind of important person where we put crappy stuff on you. You're a very important person. Okay, yeah. So recently. I've just absolutely fallen in love with this. So I've been doing the actual jewelry for about two years in my making side. I realized that my love of building businesses, building brands, helping women build business, like that is what lights my fire. And my husband is a welder by trade. And I thought, this business, I love jewelry. He knows how to weld. I know how to build brands. I want to help women get into this industry. And so most recently, I have created the Permanent Jewelry Bestie brand and the Permanent Jewelry Business Academy training and coaching program for people getting into this new exciting industry. 
So that's where you can find me at Permanent Jewelry Vesti on socials. My email is hello at pjvesti.com if you just want to check it out and see what in the world is this all about and who is this crazy girl building a brand around this classless jewelry. Well, it's amazing. And I'll link all your socials and email at the bottom. So if you guys want to get in touch with Lindy, if you're an Aussie and you're thinking that you want to be ahead of the trends, like ahead of the wave in starting your own permanent jewelry business, Lindy is literally the perfect person to get in touch with. Not only is she like really like, man, her stuff is taking off big time in America, but she's coming here to Oz as well. Oh my gosh, we're so freaking lucky. And you're starting to plant the seed here. Like you're literally planting the seeds internationally in your business. And the cool thing is with Lindy is she literally is just scratching the surface like literally just scratching the surface with where she's taking all of this. So if you want to get on the forward foot with this, especially if you're in Australia, definitely reach out to Lindy. She knows and the quality of what she does in terms of like bringing the jewelry to people, that's one side of it, the highest of the highest of end quality you'll get from her. But also when you work with her as a student, she goes above and beyond to make sure that you have every single piece you need to ensure that you're hitting success in your business. So if you're interested, please get in touch with Lindy. 100%. I think you know from just a little snippet. By the way, if you come to our Blow Up Your Brand Day, Lindy's going to go fucking deep into her journey. She just scratched the surface with some of the, the shit that she's been through and also with some of the shit that she's accomplished. So Come to the Blow Up Your Brand Day because not only do we have keynote speakers like Lindy Love, like Mel Yu, it is going to blow your mind in terms of how you create a brand that people fucking love, but how you decide your way to that point, no matter what you go through. So anyway... You can meet Lindy in person if you come to that event. You can chat to her about what this business could look like for you here in Australia. She could set you up with every literal thing that you need. But regardless, we thank you for listening. And Lindy, thank you so much for being here. I love you so much. You're the thank best you person. Thank you for having me. I love you very, very much. And I can't wait to see you. Thank you so much for listening today, beautiful soul. I hope you got so much gold and were activated in such a way that you could step into your highest timeline of abundance and freedom because it is more than possible for you. If that desire has been planted in your soul, it is so deliberate. If you wouldn't mind, please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast so that we can get this message into the hearts and ears of more amazing light beings across the world. I would love to continue this conversation with you. So feel free to get in touch on Instagram at sarah.tynan.quantumcoach. If you're a Facebook person, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Sarah Tynan International. And please don't ever forget, if your desire is there, it's because your destiny is there too. You just have to remember who the f- you are. Bye for now, beautiful.